Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Get ready for a major shakeup in 2024 as minimum wage increases hit. But here's the twist. Salary workers are not exempt from the impact. Find out how you can navigate this looming storm and avoid potential legal issues. Welcome to Biz Help For You, the show that saves you the expensive learning curve by providing advice from industry experts in every facet of the entrepreneurial journey. Too many small businesses collapse. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 20% fail within their first year, and less than 35% make it to their 10th anniversary. The goal of this podcast is to change that statistic. So if you're interested in learning more to be a successful entrepreneur, tune in today. Today, I'm going to be discussing upcoming minimum wage increases for 2024, as well as discussing the rules regarding salary workers and who is exempt from overtime. Often, employers are under the wrong impression that minimum wage increases don't affect salary workers. If you are a business owner with employees, this is an important episode to listen in in order to make sure that you are compliant. The federal minimum wage is $7.25 per hour, but 30 states have established higher minimums, and there are many that will have an increase in 2024. These states are Alaska. They are expected to be $11.73, but I did not see anything stating that this is set in stone as of the date of this recording, a week after the deadline of September 30th to decide. The Department of Labor website still only shows wages through 2023. So if you have employees in Alaska, be sure to check in and find out what that rate will be to make sure that you are in compliance. California will be $16 an hour. Connecticut, $15.69. Delaware, $13.25. Florida, $12. Hawaii, $14. Illinois, $14. Maine, $15, Maryland, $15, Massachusetts, $16.25, Minnesota, $10.85, Missouri, $13, Montana, $10.30, Nebraska, $12, Nevada, $12, New Jersey, $15, New York, $15, New Mexico, $13.50, Oregon will have an increase based on CPI, which has not yet been published. Rhode Island, 14, Ohio, 1010, 10, 
An organ will also be increased based on the CPI, and I haven't yet seen the new rate for that. Washington, 1628. And the District of Columbia increases each July 1st, also in proportion to the annual average increase in the CPI. Again, they announced the new rate at least 30 days prior to the inception date. And once again, I have not yet seen anything for the District of Columbia for 2024. Now, most rate changes begin January 1st, although Oregon's and Nevada's take effect July 1st and Florida is on September 1st. So once again, if you have employees in any of the states with these increases, be sure to check and see what that minimum rate is for your location. So note that many states allow the wages for tipped workers to be less than the stated minimum wage for non-tipped workers. And also keep in mind, there may be minimum wage requirements that are higher than the state minimum. And many areas have already increased the amount for workers above the state minimums. As of July 2023, 56 cities or counties had higher rates than the state minimum. It's imperative that you verify the rate that applies to your workers. And remember, it's based on where they work and not where the business is located. So this is especially important to remember if your staff works remotely or if they go to client locations, such as in-home care. If you have employees working in areas with different rates, you must be sure to pay them the minimum wage for the hours that they worked in each location that has different rates. You'll be required to provide the notice of pay increase to employees and you can do so by ensuring that all changes are reflected in a timely wage statement or posting a notice along with other employment law posters in a conspicuous place. One issue you may face because of these increases is that those earning higher than the minimum wage may feel that they should also have a pay increase to keep the gap between entry-level workers and their hourly rate. This can put a significant burden on your company to manage the increased labor costs and everything paid based on wages such as workers' compensation and payroll taxes. Sometimes, employers think that they will simply put their staff on salary and avoid the mandated wage increases, but salaried workers must still be paid at least what they would be based on the minimum wage, so simply making someone a salaried worker does not eliminate the minimum wage to be paid. And while on the topic of salaried workers, I want to also dispel the myth that salaried workers are not subject to overtime. I've heard employers say to avoid having to worry about overtime, they'll simply set up a salary rate and pay the employee the ratio of the annual amount based on how often they're paid. So if paid weekly, they'd have 1 52nd of the annual salary, or those paid twice a month would have 1 24th. But the upcoming increase will not only impact non-exempt hourly employees. For instance, in California, the hourly increase will adjust the minimum salary required for salaried exempt employees, which is set at two times the hourly minimum wage. This means in addition to meeting all of the other exemption criteria, employees must earn a minimum of $66,000 $560 per year to maintain their exempt status. This is an increase from the current exempt minimum salary of $64,480 per year. 
Federal law also determines the rates of pay for workers exempt from overtime. This regulation is called the Fair Labor Standards Act, also known as FLSA, and it establishes minimum wage, overtime pay, record keeping, and youth employment standards affecting employees in the private sector and in the federal, state, and local governments. There are approximately 43 million workers in the U.S. that are considered exempt under the Fair Labor Standards Act, which means that these individuals are not entitled to overtime pay when they work over 40 hours per week. Now, also remember that some states have those regulations to be more strict, which in California, again, is an example, over eight hours a day is overtime. So once again, make sure you follow the guidelines for overtime in your location. But it's also important to note what salary truly means. So according to the FLSA, being paid on a salary basis means an employee regularly receives a predetermined amount of compensation each pay period. The predetermined amount cannot be reduced because of variations in the quality or quantity of the employee's work. Other than specific exemptions that I'm not going to list at this time in this podcast, an exempt employee must receive the full salary for any week in which the employee performs any work, regardless of the number of days or hours worked. To be classified as exempt, an employee must also perform high-level work as well as be paid their salary above that specific limit that applies each year. Currently, the rate is $684 per week, and generally, these individuals work in a professional, executive, computer professional, administrative, or outside sales roles. In order to avoid misclassification liability, ensure that the employee's duties are consistent with those who are exempt and that their salary is at or above the threshold. As mentioned briefly just a couple minutes ago, this can cause salary compression issues for businesses where there's little difference in pay between team members despite the difference in experience and performance, which can affect employee morale. And if you have to change an employee from exempt to non-exempt, this status change could be considered a demotion and result in a loss of work flexibility and possibly benefits. For a staff member to be classified as an exempt employee, they must also satisfy the duties, which must fall within the white collar exemptions. These exemptions are the executive, administration, professional, computer professional, and outside sales, as I mentioned. The FLSA describes each as the following. Executive. This exemption applies to those who primarily have responsibilities managing the business. The employee must oversee the work of at least two or more staff and should have the authority to hire or fire. Common titles that fall within the executive exemption are general managers and supervisors. Administrative. This is considered the most common exemption used to classify staff as exempt. To be classified in this category, the staff must perform office duties or work related to the management of the organization. The most commonly recognized exempt administrative positions are payroll managers, office managers, and executive assistants. Professional. 
There are four categories that the FLSA recognizes for exempt professional employees, which include artistic or creative professionals, teachers, learned professionals, and employees engaged in the practice of law or medicine. These individuals will have a college degree or similar training that will qualify them as a professional in the held position. Computer professionals. There are two computer professional exemptions. First, a worker must be paid a salary of at least $684 per week. The other exemption applies to those who are paid at least $2763 per hour. These exemptions apply to those who have an educational or professional background in their position. Common titles of those that qualify for the exemption are computer programmers, software engineers, and computer system analysts. Outside sales. There is no minimum requirement for this exemption. Employees must meet the duties and location tests. To qualify for this exemption, the staff member's primary duty should be to make sales while regularly away from the employer's business. Generally, these individuals should be away 50% or more of the time and usually are commission-based and are not considered inside sales. Inside sales refers to those who do sales at their place of business. However, it is possible for inside sales personnel to be considered exempt if they qualify for the executive or the administrative exemptions. Be sure to plan for the minimum wage changes prior to their taking effect in 2024. Remember, this is based on when the work is performed and not paid. Therefore, if you have a pay period that falls in January of 2024, but it includes hours worked in 2023, the increase only applies to the hours in the period worked in 2024. This means that you may need to pay two different rates on one check if the period crosses both years or pay all hours at the higher rate. And again, if you have any questions on how these changes affect your company and employees, be sure to speak to an HR professional to guide you to make sure that your staff are paid at the minimum wage. And if you have classified someone as exempt, they can make sure that the duties performed meet the requirements and you have paid the correct amount for them to qualify. Failing to follow these guidelines could end up resulting in a wage or hour claim against your company, potential penalties and interest. And when these claims are filed, they often go back and audit for many years and it could affect all employees. So be sure to follow these guidelines and apply them as needed to the employees in your company. Thank you listeners for tuning in today. I hope you found this topic interesting and enjoyed the informative discussion. Would you please share my show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform? I'd really appreciate your support. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to my guest at any of the links that they shared, or you could send me a message at media at abandp.com. I hope you can join me for my next interview. And remember, you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. This episode is sponsored by Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services. If you are overwhelmed trying to handle the financial aspects of your business, ABMP is here to help. 
Contact us today to discuss your needs at 310-534-5577 or contact at abandp.com. My team and I are eager to assist you. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.